Welcome to Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone. The Utah Jazz go wire to wire after a 9-0 start to beat the L.A. Clippers 126-103. They're now sixth in the West, and we're talking about it on Postcast. Utah Jazz started 9-0. Lara, we marketed and had seven of the nine, and then they never trailed this one. In fact, it never got within 10. And, Ron, that's actually one of the things that jumps out to me the most in this game was I said multiple times, like, hey, they're not going to go away. they got a bunch of guys that are relishing the opportunity tonight. But the Jazz put them away. They just never let them get back in this game. And the most important thing here, David, and just think back to when the Jazz was really rolling and the surprising teams in the NBA and, and getting off to that great start in that first quarter, that's what was going on. The Jazz outscored them in that first quarter 30, uh, 20, uh, 36 to 26. And, and marketing, you know, had, had a total lot to do with that. As you mentioned seven of the first nine points coming from him. But getting off of that first start, regardless of who you're playing, if a team is shorthanded or if you're playing against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that first quarter is very, very important. One of the things we're seeing is the Jazz beginning to be able to, relatively healthy without Kelly Olynyk, be able to put together five-man lineups and crews on the floor. We're seeing Kessler, Conley, marketing tonight. We're seeing groupings that are really solid. When we've had, now that Kessler's emerged, our best players on the floor together, these guys, are their numbers are really impressive. It's going to take some time, some better opponents than what they had tonight to be able to tell whether that's really a, you know how telling it is. The sample sizes are small, and the Clippers were limited without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But you can see these guys, like, it's coming together. The... the, <clears throat> the- to me, you can see the difference. Yes, they're absolutely coming together. Players are getting used to playing with each other, and now they have Marketing, who has really stepped up. Marketing Kessler, who has really stepped up his game, and and just boy, just there's so many good things around the basket, left and right hand, blocking shots. Uh, his, his defense is is definitely good. Um, but Will Harding has a chance now. I've um, had the luxury since Kelly Olynyk's been out to change the lineup from time to time, depending on the, you know, on, on the opponent. And it's, it seems to have worked, you know, so far with Beasley. He's a scorer. You know, he's a three-point shooter. Uh, Kelly Olenek is a three-point shooter, but he's one that he doesn't look to shoot the three-point shot as often. So Beasley gives, gives the, the starting lineup something a little bit different than, than Kelly Olenek does. But it, it's, it's Will who's, who's making things, uh, putting things together out there on the floor. Lowry Morgan started the night scoring seven of the first nine. He had 24, I think it was, at the half. He finished with 34 and 12. Uh, that was a pretty six of eight from three. He looked fresh. That was a pretty dominating performance by him tonight. It, it really was, um, and, and Kessler had a dominating performance there as well. But Markin coming back off of, a, of an injury, um, you know, sometimes guys have a little – stretch there at the beginning of the ball game where the legs might not be underneath them and, and they're just not doing everything that you're accustomed to seeing him do, but he got off to such a good start, and, and I think he really felt built good about that. Now, Kessler, uh, David, I was watching him You really Zubac. want to talk about Walker tonight. I, <laughs> by the way, I just want to point this out, guys. <laughs> I do. I'm taking the show every direction <laughs> but Walker. Ron wants to talk about Walker. We're Ron, talking about right, Walker. Go. Back, it's back Walker. Walker. Let's go to Walker. <laughs> But I was looking at watching. I wanted to see how he was going to fare against Zubak. Zubak is is much stronger around the basket, uh, uses his weight, pushes you underneath, 
And Kessler held his own tonight. He really did. He, he, I think he frustrated uh, Zubak on a couple of occasions strictly because he's tall enough, big enough, and, and, and bothered the shots around the rim. Now, as far as minutes are concerned, they both played just about the same amount of minutes and both had 12 rebounds but and 13 points, 15 for Zubak. So it was about an even contest. So I was very pleased with that. Clippers offense, obviously without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and their offense has been bad all year. In the half court tonight was an 84.7. That's really bad. That's about the 18th percentile. Clippers at the rim tonight, according to Clean in the Glass, shot 9 of 17. Both the 17 is low and shooting 53% at the rim is low. We saw tonight in this game what I would call Rudy Gobert moments. Yeah. Moments <laughs> where guys curled out, didn't take shots because they knew Kessler was yeah. there. It, it, it's amazing now that you know with him being in the starting lineup in those minutes per game, we're going to go up. He played 25 minutes, I think, tonight. Am I correct? 28. Uh, 28 minutes tonight. Um, and, I, and I think he can probably play 31 and still be you know, fresh enough to, you know, to, to finish basketball games. Uh, he was a plus 15 tonight. Larry Markin was a plus 26. When the Jazz were on the floor, they were pretty dominating. The Jazz actually, it's interesting, they uh, won three of the four quarters tonight. The third quarter was the one they didn't, but they actually kind of won, they kind of ended the game a little bit in the third quarter. Like it was kind of obvious as we headed to the fourth up 16 um, that there there wasn't going to be much of a battle tonight. So it's a, it's a, a little bit surprising there. Norman Powell had 30 for the Clippers. Um, Walker, as a defensive player, we've talked about a lot. We're not used to having a center who can do things offensively. What are you seeing with Walker in his offensive ability around the basket? Well, let's just say, let's use Rudy Gobert as an example. Um, The things that Walker can do around the basket, left hand, right hand, you feed him in the right spot, and and, uh, the footwork in order to to score, uh, Rudy Gobert didn't have. Um, now I'm not taking anything away from from Rudy. I mean, how score we, the Hall of Fame. We're not, we haven't we haven't like forgotten that score the Hall of Fame. But there's a difference in what Walker can bring to this team and what Rudy could there as well. What do you think he's? At some point he'll he'll add some shots like Valanciunas and Brook Lopez were guys that they've. I've talked some of the Jazz coaching like development. They the Jazz coach really see development as a progressive, slow, methodical process. So they'll you'll you know will. A three-point shot or some outside shots will come at some point, but maybe maybe not to year three or year four. Like long down the road, like work it. What do you think offensively he can do? Watching him in practice and, and watching how they're working on him, and I, I think the next step is that little mid-range shot. All he needs is is the he doesn't have to shoot a great percentage just to have the respect from your opponents that I will take this shot, and 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 that would add so much to his game and so much to the Jazz offense on what they're trying to do out there on the on, on the floor. I would imagine that, you know, that would be the next step for him uh, to take that little mid-range shot. He works very, very hard at it. And if he ever develops that, there's no more dropping the big and, and leaving him out there around the free throw line by himself. It's funny. There was a first play of the game. He got it down the block and he passed it back out. Passed it right and you out. you were upset it, about it. Yeah. And then about midway through the third, he got the exact same play and he took the shot. And I said to you, in the first break, you were like, we got to go back to that play. I was like, you know, there's a chance that he, like, read the room as a rookie who just had a 20-20. was like, I'm not shooting the first shot of the game. Like, I don't want to look like I've become that guy. I think Walker's pretty self-aware. I think that might have been what we saw in the first uh, of the game. I want to single out Mike Conley, 
Okay. Uh, Mike Conley has not committed an assist in three straight games. He's now played 90 minutes without, excuse me, he's not committed a turnover. In three straight games, he is now, um, he had nine assists tonight and no turnovers. I think he had nine assists and no turnovers the other night. He's, he's somewhere in the range of six, uh, about 20-some-odd assists and no turnovers in over 90 minutes without a turnover. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. It, it really is, especially for a guy that, that you know, responsible for getting guys the basketball. You know, you're going to make a mistake sometime. Or someone's going to be clever enough to, to, to uh, pick your pockets, steal the basketball, you know, and something like that. But uh, that's remarkable. I don't think I've ever, and maybe it's because I haven't paid that much of attention to it, but I haven't heard of anyone uh, doing such a thing. It's interesting to me. What I think we're watching is Mike Conley figuring out how to play as 35 years old. There's things he can't do anymore. Like he, to help the team, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's had to change since coming back from the knee injury. Like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do Like, he's learning what he can and can't do. And now at 35 years old is, is playing with that and getting an understanding of what that is. Sometimes, David, I, I think in, in a player like Conley, in a position that he's in, and you watch he's always teaching uh, during that, break when they were trying to find out, uh, determine whether or not that was a, uh, a foul there with Clarkson on the three-point mm-hmm. shot. The whole time he was talking to Abaji, mm. and you can tell he was trying to explain something because he was using his hands. And so it, that type of leadership um, will make you focus there as well when you're trying to you know, explain something to a young player like that because you don't want to make the same mistake or something like that out there on the floor. All right. You guys, I think we're going to have a fight tonight over (laughs) our stars. I can feel it coming. And you guys in the chat room are probably going to have to be the deciding votes here on the stars. I am voting for my stars first tonight. (laughs) Okay. I am taking Lowry Markin, and that was a dominating performance. There was a two-play sequence. There was a highlight-filled night. There was a two-play sequence where I, my call out of nowhere was that he played whack-a-mole on Zubak, mm-hmm. and then he followed with a three straight down the barrel. Um, he was great. Mike Conley is my second star tonight. I think that 90 minutes without a turnover is worthy of a star. Uh, also hitting five threes tonight um, and can, keeping the Jazz under control with 17 points. So my two stars are Lowry Markinen and Mike Conley. Ron Boone, go ahead. <laughs> Kessler and Mike Conley. <laughs> oh, oh, a surprise! We're leaving marketing out. God, the kid you shouldn't have missed those games the other right. Thirty-four no. minutes, thirty-four <laughs> points, twelve rebounds, two block shots, and we you get nothing and like it, Lowry. We're just accepting that. Good ball game. as a as a night. All right, he's going Conley and Kessler. I'm going Conley and marketing. The Jazz, wire-to-wire, solid win tonight. Have a great one. We'll see you Friday night for Brooklyn. Locked on Jazz coming at you tomorrow morning. Have a good one.